Welcome to the GC Podcast, a podcast to help you develop into the healthiest ministry leader you can be by sharing practical ministry experience. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of GC Podcast. This podcast is devoted to exploring best ministry practices in the context of Grace Communion International Churches. I'm your host, Kara Garrity, and as you know by now, in this first quarter of 2024, we're switching things up a little bit and bringing you many episodes that are focused on the processes and practices of discernment, strategic planning, and ministry action plans. In our last two episodes, we heard from Pastor Hector and Wonka Barrero in the GCI Bogota. They shared about their experiences with their strategic processes and communication, their use of ministry action plans. And so today we have Latin American Superintendent Hebert Sikas with us to share from his perspective as superintendent what it means and what it looks like to support and develop this discernment, strategic planning um, perspective on healthy church growth and vision. Um, throughout the region, and then particularly from um, the the perspective of Bogota, since that's that's who we heard from um, the past two episodes specifically. And so, Hebert, thank you much for being here and sharing with us. We appreciate your time. Hey, Kara, thank you for having me. It's been quite a while that you have me on a podcast. I was wondering, did I do something wrong last time? <laughs> you know, we got to we got to share the wealth, but okay. this will be your next test. So don't mess it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I better get praying right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, I really enjoy having you on the podcast, Heber. And I'm, I'm wondering, I, you know, I, I hope that our listeners took as much out of the past two episodes as, as I did. I love hearing what, what God is doing in Bogota and the way that the leaders and members are um, just saying yes and amen to participating in, in what they're discerning he's doing. And so I'm wondering, in your role as superintendent, what are some of the ways that you equip pastors like Hector to lead their teams in discerning a strategic ministry action plan for each year? Uh, well, Kara, that's a, that's a really good question. And in my role as superintendent, um, and, and for all of us who are superintendents and, and regional directors, regional pastors, we, we got to take up this mantle and, and put on this hat of consulting. Um, you know me, I, I'm not too much of a coach. I don't have the, the patience <laughs> for, for coaching. But but yeah, as a, in my role as superintendent, I got to do a little bit of consulting. And uh, when I engaged this congregation in, in Bogota, especially uh, the pastors and, uh, and a few of their immediate leaders there, I kind of felt that they had a really good dynamics. Um, and with some consulting that they could truly uh, uh, become a healthier expression of the church. So in particular with this congregation or these uh, pastors, um, it's not too, too different than, you know, with, with other pastors that I've consulted with uh, in my role as superintendent. You know, uh, our team-based pastor-led structure really uh, provides us uh, an ability uh, to have a greater understanding of what it is uh, to lead from a good structure, right? So I think that that's really, really key. So just with, with anything, when you're talking about equipping, it's gotta be two sides, right? So if I'm consulting, you gotta have a side that's that's willing to uh, to listen and willing to embrace. Mm. And, uh, and Hector and Paulina uh, in particular, and, and, and their immediate leaders, you know, they embrace team-based pastor-led 
uh, from the beginning. So with them doing that, then I can move on and talk about clarity of leadership roles and, and understanding what that means, uh, a greater understanding of healthy ministry practices, you know, uh, and, and, and mostly important, a clarity of a preferred future. Where, where is it mm. that they want to go as a congregation, as a team? And um, so I would start, you know, in, in those areas, uh, but also particularly, um, you know, in, in pastoral leadership as well. And I can get into that a little bit if you want. Yes, please. Well, yeah, you know, as, as you know, team-based pastor that gives us, gives us this, this really good, good structure, right? And um, we don't want to be pastor-centric. Like you said earlier, we want to share the wealth. We want to share practice. We, we, we truly want to be uh, team-based and participate with Jesus and really understand that others have gifts as well. The Holy Spirit has gifted others. You know, as much as they've gifted, gifted the, the Holy Spirit has gifted the pastor. So uh, with that understanding, we as pastors, we, we need to lead. And when I say that we need to lead, I'm talking about, you know, a pastor needs to understand, needs to, to know the vision, needs to know where we're going as a church. Uh, a pastor needs to be a visionary pastor. So when I talk about a, a, a visionary pastor, I'm talking about, that a, a leader who, who's a visionary develops and defines a clear picture of the envisioned future for others. Uh, you know, you're able to articulate it and apply it to future thinking in ways that would engage the rest of the team and, and motivate others. So that's from a pastoral perspective. So now as the pastor is leading, is preaching and equipping, you know, they're doing it with a future in mind. So that's pastoral leadership. You know, a, a pastor who leads in this way will also understand what it means to lead, uh, uh, lead the whole congregation as a whole, but also lead your, your, your immediate team. You know, in our case, in our structure, you know, uh, making sure that you're leading your Avenue champions, that you're equipping them uh, and that they're doing the same thing, right? The Apprentice Square, really, it's a, it's, it's a good tool uh, to be able to lead in this, well, in this way. And then also understanding what it means to lead strategically, okay? So... Mm. Um, if there's no preferred future, then you, there's no way that you can lead strategically. So uh, you got to have these things kind of clear in your mind as pastors and, and especially as senior pastors. Yes. And that's 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 so good that what you've said here, that the starting points really a strategic planning is like, where are you and where you're going? You, know, you can't be strategic if you don't know those things. And we heard that actually in our conversations um, with Hector and Wonka, that they really appreciate how you spent that time to really go through the team-based pastor-led models. And so that that could really be understood and embraced so that there is that foundation for what, um, I guess, kind of like method are we moving forward, right? We're moving forward together as a team, but then you also supported them to articulate. I love how you say that, that, that clear vision of that preferred future. Um, so then you can be strategic about where you're going. <laughs> There's no strategy to wandering around in the forest, right? It's kind of no. the image that I get. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, yeah, and I think I think you're so right. You know, uh, where are you and where you're going? If you don't have those two things, if you can't discern that, then you know th th there's no map, there's no strategy. You cannot put any legs to anything. So that's mm -hmm. so 
And so as you're working with, you know, lead pastors um, across your region and local churches, what do you look for as indicators that a local team is starting to become more strategic in their ministry planning and pastoral leadership? Mm. Well, you know, without a vision, there is no map. Without a strategic map, the vision is unattainable, right? Mm. So, uh, you know, pastors, they need to know the landscape. Um, they need to know uh, where they are. So, you know, discernment is, is truly, truly key. So once you've discerned that, um, then it's really important, like for me as a, uh, as a consultant and, and working with, uh, whether it be my vision pastors or those who I'm, I'm dedicating more time to in terms of con- consulting, then I can truly start looking out for those indicators. You know, are they really catching what we've been talking about? Uh, and then if they if they caught it, they're able to articulate it verbally. Then I want to be able to look for indicators in terms of their ministry practices. See, that's why I am huge on maps, because on, on a map, you can put your uh, your thoughts, your ideas, and you can put them into paper. And if you do it collectively as a team, now you can be accountable to each other. But then, then you can, you can, now you can truly, because it's on the map, you can truly start implementing in what you're doing because it's guiding you and it's leading you. So, you know, one of the first indicators that, that I'm looking for is, okay, have you, have you been able to move from idea uh, in your mind into a, into a map, into something that is written? Okay, that's one thing. Then I would be looking for collective clarity of the preferred future in a clear direction, because a map will give you direction, right? So the pastor may have clarity. The pastor may know the preferred future, may know where we're going. But does your team, those around you, those that are really, really helping you in ministry, participating with you in ministry, do they know where you're going? Do they, mm-hmm. Is it clear for them? So that's one of the first things that I want to see. I want to see that collectively as a team, okay? And then I want to be able to see incremental steps. You know, are, are there incremental steps that have been taken in, in implementation uh, of the strategy that you put together towards to your preferred future to get there? So those are the kinds of the some of the indicators that I would that I would really want to see uh, collectively in a in a team as they plan. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, as I've mentioned a couple of times in our past two episodes this year, we we heard from a couple of the leaders in Bogota about some of the ways they've grown in this um, discernment and visioning and, and their strategic planning and use of their map. And, and I was really excited and impressed about some of the things that I've, I've heard and the way that they've become, um, you know, collectively clear and very vision-led, very strategic. I'm wondering for you, as you've worked with them a lot more closely, what impact have you seen this strategic kind of ministry planning have on their healthy church growth? Um, you know, when, uh, when I started, uh, doing consulting with this church and I understand Kara, and I think we all understand that this is a process, right? Um, yes. it, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I have been working with this team for, for a while now. I feel like that I'm part of their congregation. I've been better myself in such a way that, <laughs> that I feel like I'm part of the <laughs> church now, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> 
But I, I've seen, you know, uh, the, the impact that I have first have seen uh, has been in their senior leadership uh, mm. in the past. You know, one of the things that, uh, that, I, that I saw in this congregation that they had, they had folks there who I felt that could lead, but I didn't see any spaces for them to be able to lead. So uh, as I started uh, doing some consulting uh, with the pastor, with, with Hector and Paulina, uh, because they're a team, they're, they're a dynamic team. Uh, you know, Hector's the preacher there and uh, he brings a lot of good, good assets to ministry. Uh, you can hear it in his voice, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Paulina is really a strategic leader there. Um, and uh, and she's, she does it in a quiet way, but she's so spirit led and she's just got this discernment about allowing the spirit to lead. So yes. one of the first things that I started talking about was truly about valuing who God has placed around you and creating spaces for them. And I said, you know what? One of our greatest challenges is really development, developing other leaders. And, and the reason is that that's a challenge for us is because as pastors, we don't even know it, that we're hogging up all ministry. And in the process, sometimes we're just, you know, getting frustrated and, and we're getting burned. So I started talking about you know, ministry descriptions and, and, and how is it that you can uh, engage a le- leader and make sure that you, you're clear from a pastoral perspective and that leader is clear on what you're being asked to do and really is being empowered, truly going through the four E's, right? And, and empowering mm-hmm. them and, and creating these spaces, commissioning them. So Hector, you know, uh, in particular Hector, you know, he had like an awakening and he said, you know what? I have never, because I started pointing out some names, just throwing out some names of folks that I had engaged in his church, you know, just from some development that I had done in, in, in the first few visits that I, that, I, that I did to this church uh, when I took on the role of superintendent. And I said, Hector, we need to truly value development. And, uh, and you know what? He said, he said something to the effect that, man, I, you know, I need to repent because I have so many leaders here. You know, sometimes they come and go, and I haven't really valued them in this way in developing them. So to me, that was impactful. <laughs> and and not, only did it, not only did it impact me individually, but then I asked Hector, I said, look, we were having a, a vision pastors conference. Uh, uh, I believe this was like some three years ago, or two years ago at, in Mexico City, and I invited uh, some vision uh, pastors from Latin America, and I said, Hector, do you think you can do uh, just a little workshop on, uh, on, on, on your journey of valuing development? That man got up there in front of that group, you know, and he said, I, 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 I just repent of not valuing the people around me and creating spaces for them and developing them. You know, you know when Hector saw this clearly, then I said, this congregation can become an MTC church. Mm this congregation can really become a place where they train, where they, they recruit, they develop, they launch, you know, leaders into, a, into some significant um, uh, ministry. And I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to see that develop more and more. So value of development, creating spaces for others. When I start seeing that, I'm like, okay, now this church is now planning. Now they're being intentional. And then I see their maps and, and I see how folks, you know, uh, how their team, it's, it's, it's surrounded by, by leaders and ministry workers. Then I say, OK, there are spaces here. So 
you know, in ministry planning, as you plan out your maps and as you plan out your year of ministry, right? So the impact that I'm seeing in this congregation is that the silos are no longer there, but they're working together as a team and there are spaces, mm-hmm. and there are on-ramps and even off-ramps. Sometimes we need to have off-ramps available as well, you know, so. Yes. So, those are some of the things that, I, that I've seen, but a humble heart, I, I mean, just humility, uh, you know, that, that, that's always so key in leadership. Yeah, and I think you've really pulled out something that's important for us not to miss um, in in the key leadership, that, that humble heart, that openness to God's leading and, and transformation, not just of what we're doing as leaders of the church, but but who we are and how we're stewarding um, that leadership that God has brought us into for that season. Because I, I just think of that, that amazing transformation that Hector, and then after that, his, it sounds like from our conversation that, that we had a lot of um, the members of his team and then those who are able to step into new spaces of ministry, just that transformation they were able to experience is, has been so key and then being able to live out this strategy towards this preferred vision. And I think that's really important because that openness and that humble heart to be changed and transformed, I think shapes like how we identify and discern uh, a spirit-led what's that preferred vision, right? Because it's not just the mechanics of being strategic, right? I can strategically rob a bank tomorrow, but (laughs) that's not necessarily in line with God's desires for me, right? But if as leadership, we're able to do what this team in Bogota has done and, and be open to giving up our own ways that we've clung to, to be repentant, to say, God, what are you doing? Show us what you're doing and show us what, where you're taking us and your preferred vision. And then we can be strategic towards there, build clarity towards there. And it may not be what we've always done. We might have to give up some things, get uncomfortable, try some new things. But I think that that's something that we shouldn't, we shouldn't miss. I think as I hear from you and, and from folks, every time I talk in to, to leaders in Bogota, I think their willingness um, to be shaped by God is, is so critical in in their healthy church growth that that has been happening yes yes carol let me align you back okay we are not robbing any banks okay (laughs) 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 we're not i am not gonna rob any bank i'm just saying strategy in and of itself can be used for good or evil (laughs) you know what you uh (laughs) You said a very important phrase, uh, storing the leadership that, that God has given us. You know, that, that, that's truly a, a good word, because remember here, we're talking about pastors. Yes. <laughs> and in many occasions, we're talking about pastors who've been, who've been leading, who've been in ministry for a long time. And, and, you know, with anything, you know, change is not easy. Change is difficult. And now when you start sharing your pulpit, when you start sharing ministry and and, and then you start thinking, are they going to do it right? Or they're too young or they're too old or they're too this or they're too that, right? So at the end of the day, we need to trust that it, it is his church, right? So so storing leadership, it, it, it truly, 
it's about engaging and equipping and, and, and developing and trusting and man, and you can't, you can have the best strategies uh, in the world, but there isn't a trust factor. There isn't a humility factor. There isn't a Holy Spirit factor in your heart and your thinking and your processes. Yeah. You're going to have some, some issues. Mm. Amen. As we're coming up on the end of our time today, Heber, I um, want to ask you, what what word of advice would you give for our um, pastors around the world who are moving towards a more um, discerning and strategic participation in Jesus's ministry that's made more focused on healthy church vision and, and growth? Yeah, I know this podcast goes all over our GCI world. And one of the things, first thing that I want to say is that our structure of team-based pastor-led, you know, it, it, it really speaks to uh, all contexts in different ways. Um, and I would want to say that understand your local context. Okay, understand the local context within uh, where God has placed you and from within you're doing ministry. Then know the team that the Lord has surrounded you with. Know the team. Um, even if you have not uh, identified that team, know the folks that are around you and ask God to give you clarity as the Lord uh, to really give you direction of on who. Who has the gift things that you need for your local context? And that requires engagement. So, you know, know your team, know the people around you. And then do not be discouraged if you feel you don't have the proverbial horses per se to accomplish, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the the preferred future that God has given you. So just just just, just always remember that that it is His church, that the ministry is participatory. We are participating with Jesus, but but even knowing that, know that there's participation, right? And know yes. that you as a as a pastor and as a leader, you you have gifts that God has given you, and you gotta step into those gifts. Right, you gotta, you you gotta, you gotta pause and and you gotta seek the Lord. And okay, Lord, where where do I want to go? Where are you taking me? Where are you taking us as a group? Okay, who have you surrounded me with to help me go there? So don't be discouraged. Be patient. You know, even like with Bogota, man, I I look at their team right now and they got a stellar team. And uh, but then I I I started working with them with them like pre-pandemic, and I look at their team now and it looks very different. <laughs> mm, yeah. Than what previously was, so God has been really, really gracious, you know, and in, in, in truly uh, giving the uh, the pastors and their leaders eyes to be able to see others who can step into ministry, who may be quiet, quietly uh, able to do things, but they're able to do it. They just weren't given a, an opportunity in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for those words of of wisdom and. Uh, I, I would just ask if, if you're willing to close us out this episode with a word of prayer over our pastors and our leaders, teams all over GCI as we continue on this journey of participating in Jesus's ministry by the, the leading of the Spirit. Amen. Sure thing. Let's, let's go ahead and pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, I am so thankful, Lord, for, for who we are in you, Christ, and and who we are as a collective body in what we call GCI. Uh, and Lord, um, through this conversation, Father, I pray that uh, may, may it may be a blessing to, to the pastors and the leaders who may engage in Lord. 
And Father, I pray that uh, as we think about uh, discernment, uh, strategies, and ministry action plans, Father God, that, that it would not burden our hearts, that, that it would not burden our minds, that on the contrary, Lord, that it would be a blessing, that would that, that your Holy Spirit would give us that understanding of what participation looks like for us. And yes, in our participation, Lord, I, I believe that there's elements of of discernment and planning and, and mapping things and being strategic, they, they are part of what we're being called to do. So, Father God, I just pray that uh, as, as pastors and leaders hear this conversation, Lord, that they will not be discouraged because of their immediate context of, of what they're seeing in their uh, in their journey, Lord, in their leadership. But I pray, Father, that they, they may be encouraged, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit would bring clarity to to, to their minds and to their hearts about where they're going and, and how they're going to get there, Lord. So, Father God, I pray that this may be a resource, resource for them, Lord. I pray a blessing on all those leaders in those churches that are already there, but we haven't seen them yet. As pastors, we, mm-hmm. or we sometimes we just don't have this discernment to be able to see. So I pray that you give us those eyes to be able to see clearly uh, and discern who you have gifted us with, Lord, to be able to do ministry together. Lord, I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again, Heber. And folks, until next time, keep on living and sharing the gospel. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of the GC Podcast. We hope you have found value in it to become a healthier leader. We would love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion on a topic or if there is someone who you think we should interview, email us at info at gci.org. Remember, healthy churches start with healthy leaders. Invest in yourself and your leaders.